six points. Well, six topics. Six. Ooh, you can say that's six too points, many. Like six bullets, points. Six bullets. Just don't. But we're say... only doing half. But yeah, we are. We are only doing half today. So this is part one of a two-parter. Who knows? With the way we talk, it might turn into a three-parter. But the plan is two-parter. <laughs> but the way we are we going. Talk, speak for yourself. This is true. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, in all fairness, the funny thing, you ready for this? I'm the quiet one in my family. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Imagine I don't even fans, think about that. family gatherings at my house. I'm usually the quiet one. I just kind of sit there. I'll talk a little bit, but my sister and my brother, so much more. My dad's the quietest, actually, but I'm saying out of us siblings. And my cousins, oh, gosh. Yeah. Anyways, but. <laughs> so talking about today, uh, we're going over an article called The Six Advancements in Physical Therapy for 2023. So it talks about things that you should, you should keep an eye out for. Um, there are six total. We're going to be going over three of them today. Mm-hmm. And I will leave links down in the description below for you to check out the article yourself if you're interested. And yeah. with that, let's just jump into the episode. All right, let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, guys, and let's go ahead and get into this. So Ken found a very interesting article um, that I did that he did because Ken's really good at this. <laughs> He's really good at finding some really good articles, uh, guys, and I'm not being sarcastic. That's for real, actually. But uh, Ken found an article that says six latest advancements in physical therapy. So I figured we go. Well, Ken actually did. Let me restate that. Ken was like, right. hey, I think this would be good <laughs> to talk about. So take all my credit here. I Hey, I gave it to you. I don't know what you're talking True, about. You did at the beginning. I all straight right. up was like, oh, nope, not me. This was Ken. And I, I really we were reading through it and we're like, ooh, interesting. And we started talking about it and we were like. Oh, we should record this because we've got opinions. And that we do. We, it's mostly Mason. It's mainly Laura. How Laura's got all the opinions. I have a lot. It's I, I, I think it's the ginger hair in me. I don't know, but it definitely like sets you up for um some very, very strong opinions. Yes. <laughs> Let's just go with that. All right. Well, I'll read we'll the first one. That. So the first one is, oh, we'll leave the link to this article in the description below, by the way, just in case anybody wants to check it out. But the first one is motion capture tech. So they talk about um, mainly like telehealth therapy where they send you some equipment that you attach to yourself and they'll log your range of motion, it'll log your movement. And they use this in order to get kind of their accurate feedback, even though they can't be with you. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Laura? I've seen this. It's actually kind of cool. So one of the telehealth that I was originally going to try to do before I left Dell, um, we were going to do an episode on it, but we it never panned out. Um, but they had it where it was kind of like, think of um, like an iWatch or a Fitbit, like a band type thing with like a little small device on it. And it would wrap around different portions of your body. And so, like, you go around your bicep, one around your wrist, one around your ankle. I think there was one that fit around your quad and there was, like, a core one. 
And it was more to register like your body within the space and how it's moving. Um, so that way the therapist could give proper feedback to you. It's an interesting concept. Um, I don't know how I feel. So for me, I think it's more of a matter of can the patient cook it up correctly? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, this day and age, yeah, there's a lot of technology coming out. But, I mean, even for like the geriatric patients that I have now, I can't imagine sending that to them and then be able to figure out how to appropriately place it, probably download this app and make sure they calibrate it correctly so that I have correct information. Yeah, I agree on that. So and that's I don't know if too. there's like a margin for error, if they're going to send somebody out to help you the first time and it's like all subsequent visits are going to wear it. But I mean, they're supposed to wear it during their sessions as well. Mm-hmm. So while they're doing bridges and SLRs, like during all that, they're supposed to have all this equipment on so you can see how they're doing, how far they're going. But I think there's just there's a lot of room for error. In my opinion. Yeah, for me, I feel like at that point, like what they're trying to do, I feel like I could just see over Zoom in a way. Um, for the most just part, just kind of like guesstimate, like yeah, that looks about like a hundred degrees. Well, but I don't think it registers like how much like degrees you're actually getting because there's gotta be like room, of course, for error. I feel like I'm actually me and my PT play a game of Laura guesses the range of motion. <laughs> no joke. That sounds like fun. <laughs> She literally, because uh, I did it one time, I was like, ooh, that looks about this. And she's like, hold on. And she measured and she goes, you're like two degrees off. And I was like, well, I kind of rounded. Um, and so then it's literally she she was measuring a patient's knee flexion the other day. And she goes, Laura, what, what do you think it is from across the room? And I was like, uh, this. And she goes, you're only three degrees off. And I was like, yeah. So she does it to me all the time. So you're getting pretty so good like, at this. Yeah, I was like, I kind of, it's like a game. Um, but you do, you, you do get better at guessing, like kind of estimating the range of motion, um, degree wise. But I don't know, again, if the patient's not setting in in the same spot, is that degree really accurate from the great degrees before it? Um, do you have to charge these things every single time before a session? Because let's be honest, half the time. You you forget to charge things. Like, I can't tell you how many times, even my laptop, I'm like, ooh, snap, it did not charge overnight. I thought it was plugged in fully, and my work laptop's not, and so I'm hooked up to a wall. Um, it, it, do they, how fast do they die? Like, there's just, I feel like a lot of error for these things, um, and a lot of complication, again, setting it up, collab- like, making sure it's on correctly each time, um, we show show patients exercises and they can't even go home and do it correctly. And so it just, it makes me a little concerned when you've got things like that, how really useful are they at that point? Like, I feel like you're going to be in any ways looking at their form based off of what just you can visually. visually see. Yeah. But what if it's not a like telehealth visit? So let's say it's more of a monitoring thing. So you give them the equipment and it's like, Hey, I want you to do this three times a week. So they have to wear it three times a week. And then they just, you get like a report back. Yeah. No, I think that would be better than like a telehealth visit. Or do you think it should work 
in conjunction with like an actual like, okay, let's put on the video. Let me watch you do it. And you have to wear the equipment. Um, I've seen both. Honestly, I saw one that they've, they don't like, they'll have a live visit and then you wear the things while you're off. And then I saw another one where you just wear them um, throughout the visits. Um, like I get it, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, again, how do you know that those are all placed correctly when they're doing their HEB? Um, how, how do you know that? Like they could still be on, you could stick it on a dog and who knows what will show up. Um, it, it's just like, I don't know. There's fine details that I just don't see that measuring correctly in a way either to replace like a visual at you visually actually monitoring them. So the one that we just described, there's two examples that they give in the article. The, so we kind of described the second one, which is called a cipher skin. So that one's a newer technology where you it measures the patient's limb movements. Um, it goes around the arms, the legs. It can range your it can assess your range of motion, force generation, and muscle growth, which is kind of crazy. Um, it can also monitor your vital signs, so heart rate, body how, temp, wait, and oxygen. Wait. How do they know it's muscle growth? That I mean that I know. I'm like if it's um, just so we haven't what the band is uh, that could just be fat too. <laughs> so. I mean, just from our experience, like we've heard of like some of this technology, but we haven't done full deep dives into these. So maybe down the road, we'll do an episode dedicated to these once we look into it more. Yeah. Again, we tried. I just wasn't able to commit to trying it prior to leaving. Um, so that's the one that we've been talking about. So the second one. make the husband do it. You know, but yeah, you can attach things to him. Why not? Well, no, he can still get the virtual physical therapy. He's got back problems. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah you can order all the stuff and see how user-friendly it is. Yeah. Um, the second one they talk about is an exobionics. So this is an exoskeleton suit, total body for m- muscular rehab. And it's supposed to help you overcome limb paralysis and deal with fatigue during therapy. Any thoughts? I want the research on that one. It, it's yeah, kind of a read little ultrasoundy. Well, I read personally. it twice now. Yeah, I was kind of again. Look, we haven't done the research on both these kind of suits, but I mean, it does definitely pique some curiosity as to how effective what research well, is going behind them. Like, but... are they they talking about? Like the exoskeleton, like the ones where you attach it for walking. Like, for example, have you seen those ones where like they're paralyzed pole. and they attach them to like uh, the legs and then they can they help assist with the walking? I mean, like, that kind of sounds like what this is. They, yeah. That's what it says. So it's a full length like, device that assists patients with all types of mobility impairment. So such as limb paralysis. Yeah, so maybe, okay, that's maybe the ones that they're talking about. I was thinking more of, like, an actual suit, and I was like, um, what? So, like, if it's kind of those, like, yeah, I've those have definitely worked. The, the issue we run into in this field, and this goes for any healthcare field, and this is the part that just sucks, and I might just put it out there because I might just be the little devil's advocate right now, is that costs a lot of money, 
and not everybody can afford it. And sometimes it's not worth it because of the fact that like places won't have it or they won't get it because of the fact that it's not worth it. They're like, okay, well, this might get you to walk, you know, from one end to like, or just within the parallel bars, for example. And they're like, eh, we're not going to get it for you just because of that. And it just sucks. But like, I, I get the justification too of like, if this isn't really going to improve your overall daily living, like that cost a lot of money. And so it's kind of like, we'd rather get things that are more going to actually impact your day-to-day life than get you things that realistically you're not going to get back a normal life, I guess you could say. Does that make sense? No, it does. Was, I mean, it's just, okay. it's more like the accessibility and the practicality. It's. Yeah. They're cool. Not, no, for sure. But it's just, yeah, not as accessible. Not every place is going to carry them. And I mean, I haven't been in a neuro clinic. I feel like maybe in a neuro clinic, it might be more useful. Yeah. Because they have more patients who are dealing with these kinds of um, impairments. But. As far as like an outpatient clinic that we're in, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I'm just, I was thinking more of like, if you're having it in your clinic, it makes more sense if you're like in a neuro clinic. I was thinking more of like actually getting them assigned because I can't see those things being Oh, like, for like you to take home. Yeah, like I, can, I don't, the yeah. ones at least I'm thinking of are not really like one size fits all. They're usually like, from what I could tell. That's like the customary. other problem. Yeah. So they're just costly. And so it's just like... I I feel like until the technology gets better, um, improves a little bit more, and until the technology gets, unfortunately, cheaper, I don't see it really making a big dent in the physical therapy field. Does that make sense? It sucks to say it because I wish that wasn't the case. I really wish it wasn't. But I think it is. It's unfortunately why. Yeah, the more companies would have to make it and then make it more competitive. But mm-hmm. this a lot of what we're talking about today is just newer. Well, most of them anyways. Laura's going to be the devil's advocate for a certain one. One but of them. Most of these <laughs> ideas are newer, so they are going to be more expensive, um, less accessible. And it's just things to kind of keep an eye out for the future and perhaps yeah. will become the norm at some point. But for now, it's just yeah, kind of you, you think about other things like... Tents used to be only in homes. Um, massage guns used to be so much more expensive. Um, technology does improve um, and it does get a little bit cheaper. Usually, the big thing is if, they're, if they can find a way to benefit the mass, then it's going to be easier to justify. Um or if like even if you could get something like that and make it adaptable where it's not just a one size fits all type type setting. But I don't know. Like I definitely can see wearable tech, don't get me wrong. I think wearable tech we're seeing slowly increase over time. Like for example, smart watches with like heart rate monitors, O2s, um ECGs, uh what else am I missing? What else they got on there? Uh gosh um but overall wearable tech yeah overall wearable tech is getting better it's getting cheaper it's becoming more available to the norm um to the generalized population that's what i was looking for i mean they're coming out a lot they're coming yeah so there's 
there's definitely possibilities, but do I think it, we're going to see a massive boost this year? No. I still think a lot of the tech that they're talking about is just too expensive and not enough use cases yet for it. Um, it's more of just one-offs, and so I don't think we'll see it really boom. That might be the general theme moving forward, but let's go to number two. I don't know. So number two is virtual reality. So the idea of virtual reality of like Facebook or Meta having theirs, Apple's having theirs, or it's probably in the works. But if VR will play a role in physical therapy. So they've done, looks like some research with people with Parkinson's disease and they worked on their balance and their gait. And they said that the VR definitely helped them significantly get better and improved far more than a conventional physical therapy group. So it seems like VR is finding its way into physical therapy. Yeah. Um, I can see the benefits of VR, honestly. It's fun. It's a different way to do things. It's a way to um, challenge people, uh, put them in a different setting, make it a little bit more just like not feel like let's be honest most patients don't like physical therapy because it feels like a lot of exercises and working out and that's no fun so I definitely can see the benefit of it and then just the mentality of patients also would be a little bit better with it um when it comes to VR I think the hardest part is not it's not justifying the billing it's just that you know it's a little more work because, you know, you've got set exercises that you don't really have to put too much justification in when charting because they've been proven and reliable. Um, where if you're starting to use VRs, there's a lot more of like patient used VR walking on balance beam to improved, which again, you can justify it, improved balance to prevent falls, um, on uneven surfaces or something like you know you could justify all that it's just I feel like a lot more work and I think that's why um, we don't see it more often and it's technology it breaks and it can cost money up front that a lot of places don't want to spend so I'm definitely gonna kind of go back to what we talked about in the first one where it's a matter of accessibility right so they talk about in the article that they will send patients the VR headsets in the mail. And then with the physical therapist, they will view, overview it. They will see what they're going to do, download the programs they're going to have, and then go from there. And it comes into like, at the point, like, do you ask for the equipment back after their treatments are done? Do they get to keep the headset? Do they have to pay for it? Does insurance cover it? So now it's kind of running more into the same issue as before, like accessibility, affordability. And I can see definitely the benefits because like you were saying, this is like a new way to look at things, right? Yeah. So it keeps it fresh. It keeps it engaging for a lot of people. Whether you're young and you're old, you see it and it's like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. And it's a nice way to kind of get into that overall movement. But at the same time, yeah. like how many people are going to be able to operate it? I agree. You got to make well, sure your patients are ready for that. You can set it up. Like, that's the nice thing is you can put it on and set it up. But, like, I definitely don't think it would be an 
something that patients would get to take home. I think it would be like an in-clinic only thing. And that's the only downfall too is because how are they supposed to be able to practice these things at home? Like one of the biggest things is the fact that, you know, you want them to be able to replicate what they're doing at home. So, you know, the goal is to kind of educate, teach, progress, um, but you want them to be able to kind of do it at home. And I feel like by setting them up with something like a VR or that kind of stuff, like if you rely too heavy on it, you can almost count them on like not being able to continue that. But if you mixed it in, like there's other equipment we have that usually they don't have at home, but if you mixed it in, like then it all kind of can work out. Um, so I definitely see it being more of like a clinic thing and like you ran into, it's a, it's another thing you just have to clean, make sure you maintenance it, um, update it, uh, who's going to pay for the programs. If you want a program, um, you know, you can't, well, you can kind of, because you can put it on a TV and you can monitor what they're doing, but like, it's definitely something fun. Like for example, I have a VR set and I love to play Beat Saber, Saber on it. And one of the hardest things is being on that VR set and then my foot doesn't have the proper balance. It works my balance doing something like that. Um, so I definitely see the benefit and I can see how it's fun and entertaining in a different way to look at therapy. Uh, I feel I would give this one a 50-50 shot of taking off. Um, yeah, I, I think like my like only... Motion sickness. Well, yeah, you would definitely like have some people that you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that with them. Yeah. Um, I feel like, and this is going to go into our, I think, our next one. Um, I feel like VR could end up being what I think our next one was. <laughs> so the next point is... Do you, well, hold on do you before say, we go on to... Oh, okay. Like the number three? Yeah. Oh, okay. Before we go to number three. Um, so when I was working at... Uh, my neuro clinic, it was definitely like they have way more fancier toys than anywhere mm-hmm. else I've been. And they actually had something that's similar to the VR where you stand in the middle, you have this harness on and they'll like, you're like in this giant half dome looking thing. So if you're looking forward, like it covers your peripheral vision and everything. Yeah. And what they would do is like put you through simulations of like walking through a grocery store or walking outside, or you have to weight shift in order to control the plane. So I feel like it was kind of a version of VR, and some clinics are kind of already doing it. However, I don't think it's I easily. I feel like it's even more tense. More intense, that one, oh, for sure. Well, like, yeah, because it, like it senses your balancing and everything like that. So if you start to get off, yeah, so you you're on a shift. motion plate. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel but, like that to me makes more sense, but like I feel like the VR is an easy way to do it too without having to spend probably oh, as yeah. much <laughs> <A boatload. laughs> yeah but i i do still feel like this this might might end up like number three so number three um <laughs> video games so video games we kind of this is kind of the one we kind of went off on a tangent before we started the episode mm-hmm. but video games are becoming really means laura <laughs> Yeah, this is where I stopped her and was like, we should record this. Um, (laughs) So video games are becoming more and more prevalent. A lot of them are trying to focus on mobility and exercises, not just the VR, but thinking about like the Wii, for example, which is one that we both come across. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, now the Switch, where they do perf- they do promote activities that require your performance, your balance, and just overall movement. So uh, you want to go first, and then I'll talk about. Well, yeah, thing. pretty much. Uh, like what we said is we brought up. They say that this is new technology that's going to take off. They believe in 2023, and I'm like, it's not new technology. We've had the switch around for a while now. We've also had um, the big one is the Wii Fit and the Wii in general. Um, I have been in places where they've used the Wii, and it's been fun. It's good. It's a different way to get patients engaged um, in different populations. But I don't think it's something that's a must in the clinics, and it does break. You have to make sure that you have some the updates going on it. Like, it's just a little bit more maintenance than sometimes it's worth. And since those didn't take off, I don't really see any new games in particular that are going to make anything else take off right now. Um, I could definitely see how it's beneficial in certain settings, like maybe pediatric, or if you have a bunch of, like, kind of younger kids, I can definitely see how... Uh, they can work, but again, I I just don't see this a as new technology. B, I don't see this just taking off. I because we we've seen it almost try and kind of fell, and that's where I feel like VR is going to fit into. It was like you'll have a couple places that do it, but I don't think anybody's really going to go hardcore of like this is the new way to treat. So I I agree with seeing this already in clinics. So when I was shadowing, they had a Wii. Mm-hmm. And kind of like you said, like it would be beneficial for peds. They used it for their peds patients. So yeah. kids that wanted to be there and it was a way for them to be engaging with the different kind of games they can play. And just kind of like how you mentioned with the VR and you using it for Beat Saber and you feeling like your work. So I've used the Switch. I've played a Ring Fit Adventure, which they actually mentioned in the article. And same thing, like I feel the work. I know it's a, it could be a good workout. But I agree. I feel like it's definitely very niche. Um, Not many clinics will use it. And kind of like you said about VR, it might be in some places, but I don't think it would really take over unless it's like a peds clinic where they need something that's more engaging than just overall regular exercises. Yeah. And again, just to kind of think thinking about it even more, like it sounds good in theory, both VR and video games. But I think about the setup time explaining the game demonstrating the game because that, that's something that's really going to have to be demonstrated um or walked through or talked through um on some of the games uh it's going to take time to get them in and set it up to work properly for them um so it is challenging and it it, it sounds fun i just don't think realistically it's perfect for all settings by any means. So I just don't think it will take it for storm. Um, I definitely think if like you need something new, Hey, go for it. Give it a try. But I agree. I definitely see the benefits in it. Um, But overall, it's just, I don't think it's going to take over. Yeah. I wish that'd be fun. I I would have fun with it, but I just don't think it's going to be that new crave. (laughs) And again, I still don't video games on this list as a new one. I'm like, no, this has been around. <laughs> I wonder if there's gonna be like at some point just like a clinic where they specialize in like gaming and VRs. Like that's their sort of treatment. 
maybe you never know hey you make some money coin that idea right i'm gonna open, open that it up yeah i just like i don't know i i feel like it's kind of like think of like you know the whole pokemon go when it first came out like the well the that's still popular no, I know, but the real Not craze, like everybody was doing it. And the whole point was to get everybody out and moving, which it got people out. I don't know if I really count them as moving per se for everybody, but it got them out. But like it was really popular, it took it by storm, and then it's kind of just slowly died down. Again, it's got some following don't get me wrong and i know it's a, a large following but it's not like when it first came out by True. any means so i i feel like it would just be the same thing maybe in the field in general where it would take it would take off and then it's gonna just kind of die out and just be one of those things where it's like yeah we have it but we don't really use it <laughs> all right well with that um so today we're gonna be covering those first three um there are yeah. six overall in the in the article we're gonna we go over more opinions next... we're gonna go over the other six in the next episode so don't miss that one you mean the other three the other three that's what i meant to make six um, <laughs> to make six uh if you're curious on what the article says then you can go ahead and click the link below that way you can kind of read up on it and then just wait for our next episode for our opinions on it um thank you so much for listening be sure to like mm-hmm. subscribe share with your friends it means a lot to us um, thank you for everyone for listening. We hit a new record last month, which is absolutely amazing. Oh my amazing. gosh. Thank you to everybody. I can't, like, I can't believe that record. Like, remember the day when we thought, hey, we'd be lucky if we had like three listeners a month? And now we have four. Booyah. Woohoo! No, honestly, guys, it's been amazing. We hit a new record, like Ken said. Um, we had over 500, yeah. right? 500 downloads um in the month of february which is absolutely insane because february was short too and we can't thank you guys enough we really really feel grateful that you guys um are enjoying the sessions we've had some of you guys reach out to us and it's absolutely amazing both me and ken do this just because of the fact that we find it important for our field we don't make any money or anything like that off of this. We literally do this in our free time um, between work and life in general. And we really enjoy it. And so we are very happy to hear that you guys are also enjoying it. So don't forget to share because that helps us out so, so much. Um, and we are just floored by the support we've been getting. Yeah, yeah. you said that way better than I did. <laughs> I'm just well, getting over think- this. I'm getting over this cold. So it's like I'm yeah. trying to- you got the, the I know I got sick, you got sick, life just in general has gotten a little bit of both of us too, uh, mainly me, I don't know, I've had like odd month fog brain. <laughs> but until then, we will catch you guys next week. Have a great yeah, weekend and two. take care. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.